Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to In Reality, the Mirrors TV podcast, where every week we talk about our favorite shows. Sadly, this is going to be the last one in the series for a while. We're taking a little break, but we'll be back in the new year. And if you want to listen back to any old episodes in the meantime, you can find them all on Audio Boom, Spotify and iTunes. I'm Vicky Newman from the online showbiz team. And although sadly it is the last one for a while, we're going out with a bang because we've got a very special guest. It's Claude Littner from The Apprentice. Hi, Claude. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing brilliantly, thank you. Good. It's been obviously a busy few months for you. Are you are you enjoying putting your feet up now? <laughs> um, well, I never really put my feet up, but uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying the fact that uh, you know I can get on with different things and move away from The Apprentice. Yeah, I mean it's been such a great series, hasn't it? It's it has been a brilliant one. I think so, and it would appear that the viewers do as well because the ratings are so high. Yeah, I mean I'm a big fan of the show and. I love I love it every year watching it and obviously this year it's been it's been a, a series like no other hasn't it what's it no, I think we say that every year I mean, every year <laughs> brings out its challenges and characters and uh, then great winners that's true I mean the great thing about the apprentice some of the characters you get on there you just think like next you're not going to get anyone as as funny or as sort of outrageous but it it keeps happening <laughs> I mean, what what's it like for you, kind of following the candidates on the on the challenges? Obviously, your you and Karen are kind of Lord Sugar's eyes and ears, aren't you? Yeah, certainly. I mean, you say what it's like for me. Um, I think that it's um, it's it's quite trying and testing because when you see that the uh, apprentice uh, candidates have got to get up at the crack of dawn, mm. uh, that means that I do as well. So I think that from a physical point of view, getting up very very early. And then having to kind of follow the uh, apprentices around all the time, monitor and observe exactly what they're doing, so I can report back to uh, Alan Sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that that is really the challenge. Yeah, I can imagine it's quite a long day because, like you say, you've got to get up and so early and be there waiting for them when they get there, and especially when they get lost in Bruges and stuff, you end up doing a lot of miles, don't you? Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the kind of uh, the fun and, and, and it's part of the challenge of The Apprentice, really, is to yeah. demonstrate um, a whole load of kind of characteristics from The Apprentice. Um, and they've got to go through all those tasks, which do display things like you know, buying, selling, negotiating, mm-hmm. all those good things. And, uh, of course, the viewers, you know, appreciate that, but they also appreciate it when it goes very wrong. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, um, it, it's kind of it's entertaining no matter what, isn't it, really? You kind of well, it is entertaining, but let's not forget that at the end of it, um, Alan Sugar is going to invest £250,000, and he doesn't want to do that um, with somebody who really has got no chance of turning uh, a start-up into a, a, a profitable business. So I think that in the back of our minds always, we are looking for 
talent uh, and somebody who can um, shine through and whose business plan and as an individual make them investable. Of course. I mean, what, what to you do you think makes like the perfect candidate? I don't think there is a perfect candidate. Um, you know, I just think that, um, you know, that people have you know, different characters, different qualities, um, and you've just got to just make sure that at the end you've picked the best one. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, um, you know, if I think about this year, I think obviously it was different because there were two candidates mm-hmm. um, who, who, who both won, uh, and I'm sure you're going to ask me um, about that in due course. But I think that they went through the process, and whilst they had their highs and lows, I think there was a sort of strand going through whereby you could see that these two, and there were others as well, but those two in particular, um, just had what it took in terms of entrepreneurial skill, um, determination, and then of course a business plan which um, which, which Alan Sugar felt uh, hung together and where he felt comfortable about investing. Of course. I mean, yeah, like, like you say, for the, you know, the show made history this year for the first time, um, two people were given investments by Lord Sugar. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I think that, um, I think he made a very, very good decision. Mm. It would have been probably quite easy for him to say, um, you know, just uh, toss a coin and pick one or the other. But when, it look, when, it, when he looked at it, clearly he thought that um, there were enormous qualities and benefits in both of them. And it would have just been unfair to dismiss one um, just for the sake of it. So um, I think that it was probably a very good decision. And let's face it, the whole point about all this really is to find young, enthusiastic entrepreneurs or would-be entrepreneurs who have a desire to run their own business and um, irrespective of the show, um, quite clearly um, Alan Sugar is very, very keen to invest in young talent and so this was an opportunity um, for him to do so within, um, within the show. Definitely. I mean, a lot of people said that, you know, like they were shocked by what happened and they weren't expecting it. But I know when I'm on the Your Hired that hap- that was on just after the show, um, yes. Lord Sugar said himself, didn't it, that this kind of proves, that, you know, how willing he is to invest because he's having to double up the money and it's half a million quid he's pulling out his bank, yeah. isn't it? Yes, well, that's right. But I think that, um, you know, let's forget about the money for a moment. Yeah. The fact is that you had two very, very worthy people, and it just would have been almost unfair to deny one of them the opportunity of, of going forward. And, you know, with the winner, you, you get the £250,000, or they get the £250,000, but they get all the other things that go around yeah. that um, in terms of all the mentoring, um, all the problems about VAT and tax and bookkeeping and all that kind of thing are taken away. And that's a very, very big thing um, for somebody who's just starting in business because they can just concentrate on running the business. Um, so, um, you know, the benefit to, to, to these two individuals and to the past winners um, it, it, you know, can, cannot be underestimated. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them have said that, haven't they? That obviously, yeah, the, the, the money is one part of it, but the fact that Lord Sugar is is so heavily involved and really does help them and obviously he knows what he's doing and he's the be- the best person to be there sort of helping you along the way when you're starting up isn't he yeah well he is I think I think the thing with um, with, with Alan uh, uh, is that once he gets involved once he shows an interest I think you're halfway there because he can open doors but more than that he can guide you in the right sort of direction uh, having said that of course um, and, and, and he's admitted he doesn't know very much about um, um, 
HR, for example, mm. um, although he's obviously learned from, from Ricky Martin uh, in that example. But it's, you know, they are the experts, so they are the ones who are running the business. But it's very, very good for these young business people to have somebody very, very experienced that they can ask and inquire and who he can perhaps give them some ideas which they might not have come up with by themselves. So I think that those things are really important. Yeah, it's always exciting to see to see what happens afterwards and obviously you know a lot of the the candidates from previous series who've won are doing exceptionally well now and it's testament to how great the show is as a platform for that isn't it i think it's absolutely fantastic i mean you know the truth is these are talented individuals but most new businesses do fail so i think that it's great that um, with a small amount of money, I know £250,000 is a lot of money, but relatively speaking, mm. it's a small investment in a start-up. Um, but all these people have done remarkably well. I mean, they are making huge turnovers, wonderful profits, and it's been very, very life-changing, very much a life-changing event for all of them. So it, it is, you know, it's, the show is the show, and we have our characters, and it's a lot of fun at the end of it somebody or in this case two people win and they have an opportunity to excel and run their business and change their lives yeah definitely and going back to this series there's been some brilliant challenges like have you got a favorite one from this series well from my point of view look i I think all the all the tasks are interesting Mm -hmm. Uh, for me my personal favorite this year was the bruges task yeah Uh, and i say that because from start to finish, it was absolutely magnificent. Um, that ship that we went on, that, that, that uh, went across to um, wherever it was, I can't remember where we landed, um, but that was magnificent. Mm. I think all the um, I think all the candidates rose to the occasion and put forward a spectacular um, effort. Now, obviously, um, you know, in the case of Charles and Anita, it just looked absolutely comical um, <laughs> yeah. because they were going round and round. Um, but, but I mean, that's that's part of the glory. Of, um, of, of that particular task, really. Um, there was an opportunity to mess up spectacularly, uh, but there were also some opportunities of showing some real entrepreneurial skill. And I, I, as I did mention, I think, on the You're Hired show, that was the first moment for me that I saw James and Sarah as being two somewhat exceptional candidates in the fact that they were very commercial, they were very entrepreneurial, they took everything very seriously, and I think they did well. They'd been doing well previously, but from that moment on, I felt sure that um, these two were, were people to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, that that task as well actually delivered my favourite moment of the whole entire series, which was you, which was ri- you riding a Segway. <laughs> I see. Well, um... <laughs> It was. I'm not. I'm not quite sure how to take that. It was um, brilliant. Me, it just looked. Me, I think it was kind of Elizabeth going, <laughs> shouting out um, something and beyond or whatever it is. Yeah. Infinity and beyond. Uh, I mean, she was a, a spectacular candidate. You uh, just. You on, just looked so show. serious while you were riding the Segway because obviously you're in work mode. But it. It. You know. It just was a brilliant picture. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the fact is, this is my first time on a Segway, so um, my serious face was just making sure that I didn't fall off. Yeah, well, there you um, go. Safety first, Claude. I've never been on a Segway, but <laughs> it, the first time you're on it, it's it's kind of counterintuitive as to what you've got to do in order to make it move forward. Um, so I was just concentrating on making sure that I didn't sort of um, go around in circles <laughs> or, um, you know, fall off. Well, you did very well. I, I was Thank very you. shocked in that task that... Um, 
that more people didn't ask for a refund because it was very much sold to them as like you're going to do a whole tour of Bruges on a Segway. So I was I was shocked that people weren't well, more upset about yeah. it. But I think some of them did ask for uh, for their money back. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure whether that came through or not. Um, but certainly, um, they all entered into the spirit of, of the thing, um, and they could see that um, the apprentices were doing their best. But certainly, from conversations that, that I had with with them um, when we were sort of you know walking up and down the same road mm-hmm. about 20 times, um, they certainly you know got into the spirit of it. Were pretty, but were pretty dissatisfied with the fact that um, you know what was offered. Um, and what was promised didn't actually transpire. Yeah, but I think both teams sort of had that issue, didn't they, on that particular task? I think that's true, <laughs> but I do think that um, you know, Elizabeth's team, to a certain extent, got some value. They got some free chocolates, they got an opportunity of buying, um, you know, buying some chocolates. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it was done in very, very good spirit. Yeah, it looked like a fun day no matter what. <laughs> Well, I think it was a fun day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that also, um, if, if you were keen on walking, it was quite a quite a walking experience. <laughs> and um, so, what about your life outside the boardroom, then, Claude? What What do you do to relax? Um, well, um, I think I can divide my life into two segments. I mm-hmm. think that as I am now, um, I'm finding it quite easy to relax because um, I'm not involved in. Um, stressful turnaround companies. I've kind of decided not to do that. Mm. Um, so from my point of view, I can take things um, more easily. I do exactly what I want, when I want. I'm very, very keen to be involved with Alan Sugar um, because um, we get along well and, and I admire his business um, uh, ethics and the way that he goes about um, you know, business. So that's a great treat and pleasure for me to be involved with that. Mm-hmm. I'm also involved with the University of West London where I have a business school that, uh, that bears my name, so that's an involvement that I cherish as well. Um, and so I think that from my point of view, my life is really um, very, very well organized now, and um, I, I think I'm on top of everything I'm doing, mainly because um, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of in charge of my own destiny. So I think that's a very, very important factor. In my earlier years, of course, I was always stressed out because when you go into turnarounds where companies are in di- real difficulty, I think it's very, very important to be very firm, very direct, uh, get to the source of the problems very, very quickly so that um, you don't put the company into further jeopardy uh, and you can turn the company around and thereby um, save the employment of, uh, of many thousands of people. Yeah. Who needs that stress? <laughs> um, well, I, I liked it and, 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 I, and I thrived on that kind of stress, but um, in my advancing years, I think I prefer to um, take things a bit easier, to be honest. Yeah. I know you're quite a, a big rugby fan as well and you've been involved in... Um, in this campaign with Canterbury, haven't you? The Individually Strong, Unbreakable as One campaign. Do you want to yes. tell us a bit about that? Well, the truth is that I'm, I'm not so much a rugby man. I shouldn't really say this. I'm more of a football man. Oh, um, OK. Uh, so, um, you know, I was chief executive of Tottenham Hotspur for, for, for a number of years mm. when Alan Sugar was the chairman. Um, but I think the opportunity of interviewing um, the rugby stars was one that um, you know I, I look forward to doing, um, and honestly, they didn't disappoint me. So whilst I don't follow rugby, um, I did get to interview um, three of the uh, of, of the England team, mm-hmm. and I think they were very, very impressive individuals. Yeah, and what, what's the campaign all about? What were you asking them in the interview? Well, I think the point is that um, what you've got is, and I think it works for all kind of sports, uh, and in fact, it, it works in business as well. Mm. Is that what you want? Is you want a character, a personality, someone who has 
strength of conviction. So whether it's in business where you know, you've got James and Sarah who had determination to succeed, I think the same thing goes through and translates rather well into sport. What you want is you want sportsmen and women who are absolutely committed, are going to give their all, be professional about everything, but give their all to make sure that actually their team or they win through. And you know, whether it's in tennis, football, rugby, cricket, anything, I think you need that kind of individual who is doggedly determined to make a success of whatever it is that they're given to do. So the three characters that I was fortunate enough to, to um, interview were exactly of that ilk, and they were very different individuals. Um, and it was, a, it was a treat for me to, uh, to be able to interview them. Now, obviously, um, you know, being a, a kind of an apprentice-style in interview, mm. um, it, it wasn't going to be one where I was always going to be um, uh, charming and uh, <laughs> um, you know, make things easy for them. Um, but it's fair to say that they took it in very, very good spirits. Um, and I think they did really well. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I watched the video and it and it was it was fun to see you applying those kind of that apprentice style interview because the interview stage of the show is one of the best weeks. I think really, it's so brilliant, and you're known for being really kind of not not necessarily harsh. I don't know if that's the right word, but you're very direct in the way that you interview yes. the candidates, aren't you? Do you think that's important? No, I think, yes. I think I am, but I think, I think the underlying thing is, is if I'm direct, it's only to put the candidates under a certain amount of pressure mm -hmm. and really to test whether they've got the, the metal and to test whether their business plan is one that they can really defend. Mm -hmm. You know, many, many times you, you have situations where um, their business plan is, is predicated on huge profits in year one. And I think that they have to say how they're going to get there because it's, on paper it's very, very easy to say, yes, I'm going to turn over three million pounds in year one, but how are you going to do it? And to the extent that they can convince me or persuade me that, yes, they really can do it, um, that's fine. But, um, you know, they, they put themselves under pressure by making outrageous statements and then failing to stand, uh, to, to live up to them, really, and to defend them. Um, so in the case of sort of the rugby players, um, I mean, really, they are stars. So it's not as though they are budding entrepreneurs or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They are stars. They have made it. Um, and, and if you think of the hundreds of thousands of people who play rugby, um, uh, and only a few of them actually make it to the very, very top, you know, you're seeing the, the cream of, um, uh, of talent here. So, I mean, what you didn't see on the, on the video was... The, the hilarious fun I had with Danny Kerr. I mean, it was hard to interview him because um, he came in and he was smiling and he obviously um, was trying to get the better of me in terms of breaking me down. And so I think that the unbreakable thing was that he, you didn't see it on the, on the video, mm. but he, he kind of broke me down and, and it was hard to conduct the interview because we were laughing so much. <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that they cut out all the bits where we really just... We were, we, were, we were laughing so much that we couldn't, I couldn't even ask the first question. Um, um, so, so he was a tremendous character. And then you had Joe, a quite a different individual, um, a much more serious-minded person. And so I just tried to put him under pressure, and I think, I think that worked well. And he took <laughs> it really well. I mean, he's, a, he's like six foot six or something like that. He could have, he could have strung me up. I had two cats. <laughs> um, 
but, um, but the fact is that he's making his way, so he's sort of um, uh, younger in the pecking order, um, but somebody who obviously um, is striving for success. So I think that the three people I interviewed, if that is sort of symbolic of what the team is, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm optimistic for their future, and hopefully they can bring bring back uh, glory and uh, and win the World Cup. Yeah, and they should thank you in the speech if they do. <laughs> well, if, if they win it, I'm sure they will, and if they don't, <laughs> I shall be interviewing them again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of obviously having having a laugh and everything, I mean, there's times on the on the tasks where the sort of things do go spectacularly wrong and as a viewer you're sat at home and you are really laughing and everything how how di- is it difficult for you kind of to to not laugh when something goes someone asks a stupid question or yeah. is it the thing is that um the first time i really meet uh, the first time i meet the apprentices is in that first boardroom and so in their first task it's inevitable that there's a lot of talking and shouting and disagreement as people are just finding their feet and and really there's a lot of excitement and, and, and you know, over-enthusiasm mm. for getting on with things and frankly at that stage I'm not invested in the characters I don't know who they are if they make mistakes I don't really care mm-hmm. um, and, and, and in any event my job is not to interfere or interrupt or to feel emotionally um, I- you know, invested with them as the weeks go by it's impossible not to kind of see people's strengths, understand people's weaknesses, and you don't want them to make mistakes. Um, so, you know, as, as things go on, I do kind of think, oh, I wish she hadn't said that. I wish she hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I try not to show any emotion because I don't want to give them a steer as to whether I'm thinking what they're doing is clever or whether I'm out, you know, outraged by the way they're yeah. going. Um, so I try very, very hard to just play it fairly. If they make a mistake, they've made a mistake. Sometimes they recognise their mistake and try and correct it. Sometimes they don't, and they just carry on blissfully unaware uh, <laughs> of the fact that they're just going down, a, 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 you know, a, a kind of dead end. Um, on occasion, of course, what happens is that um, they make mistakes, but they do correct it along the way, and therefore, it's. I'm, I'm pleased that you know I don't get the opportunity or don't have any cause to interfere with them because sometimes they do get it right, even though they make mistakes. Somehow or other, it comes out right. And in business too, there are many different ways of going about um, uh, you know, your, your strategy um, in order to get um, to, to the final solution. So I think that um, you know, they, they make decisions which I may disagree with, but sometimes those decisions turn out to be actually quite good and uh, the, the task is completed pretty well. Uh, and then sometimes, of course, it goes spectacularly wrong. Yeah. Do, do you feel like a bit of a proud parent when one of them kind of has a revelation? <laughs> And the, cor- um, and the correct yes, their own mistake. Well, sometimes you kind of, you are, in a funny sort of way, you are rooting for them. Whoever you're following, you just, you are rooting for them because really you want them all to do well. Um, the idea is not, so, is not that they fail the task. The idea is perhaps that they both do well and maybe one does better than the other. Mm. Uh, um, but, but generally, you don't want them to make a mess of it. And, and I certainly feel sort of happy uh, when they do well, and, and as it gets towards the end, like for example, um, in the final, um, when you had um, Sarah making her presentation to the to the experts, um, and uh, James doing the same, I was genuinely happy that they presented so very very well. I, I was kind of proud of the fact that they did so well. Yeah. It was a very stressful situation, and at that point, you just want them to do really well. You don't want them to to fail or to fumble their lines. Um, so I think that it was a great treat for me to see them both present quite so well. And you got actual treats, didn't you? Yes, 
and I'm always I'm always very keen on chocolate sweets, um, <laughs> you know, Alana's cakes. Uh, they're always very gratefully received. Yeah. But obviously, I'm I'm only consuming this just because it's part of the part of, it's part of my job. So that when Alan Sugar says, you know, what do they taste like, I can then give him an honest answer. Obviously, and and then in that way, the calories don't count, do they? Because you've no, got you've got no choice. No, no, obviously, they don't. If you're on if you're on, <laughs> on camera and you and you eat sweets, they don't count. And also, the aggravation that the candidates give me certainly make, means that I lose weight over the period of the, uh, <laughs> of the uh, Apprentice show. I mean, you you must really love being a part of the show, and it it does it does come across because you know you you can tell that that you and Karen and Lord Sugar you, you do have a great friendship and. That does we, come we across. Do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we do. The thing is that when Karen and I are wandering around with the apprentices, it is it, it is tough. I mean, we, we, we don't take it lightly. lightly. Um, we do have to report back to Alan Sugar very, very regularly mm-hmm. about who's doing what, who's saying what, because he is remote. And without us, he would have no idea as to what is really going on yeah. um, you know, during the task. So he does rely heavily on on the information that we give him and so there's not too much time really for having a laugh however when we do get together um uh, be it sort of before a boardroom or something like that and we're talking about um, the candidates and the tasks and how everyone did um i think that we do act very very well as a team and uh, you know for me um uh, you know being involved with alan which which is something i've been doing for i 40 years or whatever it is mm. um, um, but, but being you know the three of us I think we, we do make a, a pretty good team and um, you know we're, we're not laughing about but we are tackling it very seriously because you know we, we, we all want um, the best candidate to win so to speak uh, and so I think we take it seriously but we do operate very much as a team and it works really well yeah I mean the, like you say the, the kind of the balance of seriousness and humour in the show is really interesting because in um, in the You're Hired special I know with, uh, with Sarah her husband was saying that she kind of she was so serious on the show whereas at home she's like always laughing and joking on but you know she said well it's a serious process and she had to yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, it's not necessarily that dampening your personality, the candidates, but they've got to be taken seriously. And if people are, like, joking on all the time... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's right. I mean, you know, you, you get a mix. I mean, for example, if I mentioned An- Andrew Brady, um, he kind of joked around, and that's fine for people to joke around, but I think somebody like Sarah, I think she was serious, committed, sensible um, throughout the whole process. Uh, and, and I think that's quite important. I mean, you, 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 you do want to show your character. I guess when, when the candidates are back in the house, they do have time to relax and, and have fun. But I think when they're on task, I think they've got to be committed. I think they've got to take it seriously um, because otherwise um, Alan Sugar then won't take them seriously and they risk being uh, being fired. So I think that it is important that um, there is that mix so that you know in the boardroom sometimes it can be very serious, it can be very heated, there is tension and sometimes somebody says something and of course um, you know, we're human beings and we all mm. have a good laugh and then we get back to the serious business of, um, uh, of the boardroom. Yeah, I mean, it, you do get it the other way around as well where people are just kind of unintentionally funny. I mean, one of the biggest characters this year undoubtedly was Elizabeth, wasn't it? And she yeah. wasn't trying to be funny, but she just <laughs> kind of had this comical air around her where yes. she, did, she was think, great telly. The thing, about, yeah, the thing about Elizabeth is she was definitely, the, for me, she was a standout personality and character of the series because every single task she kind of couldn't help but take over. Mm. But she was the 
project manager or not, that made no difference to her. But the thing about her is that she was absolutely serious, maybe um, wildly wrong, um, but she was, she was absolutely serious about getting the task done and treating it very seriously. She wanted to succeed. And I think that that's a brilliant character for anybody. Unfortunately, you have to have a measure of understanding that um, you're in a team every so often you've actually got to listen to what the team members are saying um, and, and what they said sometimes was very sensible but Elizabeth had a one track mind it was her way or no way and sometimes that works but very often especially when you work in a team you've got to take the team with you you've got to listen to what they say and I think that's one of her failings that hopefully um, she's recognised as being part of the uh, process and she'll take that forward into her job and perhaps um, let her employees talk a bit more, make a few more decisions, and that will unburden her and allow her to get on with her job of growing her company. So I'm hoping that um, Elizabeth will actually you know, take that away from the process and, uh, and and not make that mistake in business. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of the great mistakes of the series, if you'll call it that, is um, it wasn't you weren't following the team, it was Elizabeth's team when there were, it was the car ride and they ended up in the Norman village. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> I don't quite yeah, know I what mean, they were expected when they got there. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think that was, um, you know, that's an example of where you make a small decision at the beginning, which looks like it, it you know, doesn't matter, Norman village, village that's going to be okay. But that small decision has a huge effect on your ability to win the task. And in business, that's sometimes how it works. You make what appears to be a minor decision that takes you down a path and that path leads you to catastrophe. So I think that there again, I, I kind of make the comparison with real business. That that silly decision they made, yeah. which didn't look like it had much consequence, actually completely lost them the task because they could never recover from making that particular mistake. Let alone the you know the, the absurd advert that, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, that uh, you know Elizabeth starred in, produced, and, and uh, kind of mismanaged throughout. Didn't didn't they sort of admit later as well that a peacock actually dented the car? <laughs> um, well, obviously, I didn't see that. I wasn't part no. of the, um, you know, of that particular uh, task. I was watching the other team, who actually did a very, very good job. Um, you know, that was stressful as well um, because there was quite a bit of disagreement yeah. uh, between Michaela and and, uh, and Andrew. Um, but generally speaking, they 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 got the right idea and they moved forward forward with it. Uh, but everything that could go wrong um, did go wrong. Um, on, on Elizabeth and, uh, and James's team. Yeah, I mean that must be difficult as well, as, as well as you know when people are sort of making silly decisions, when um, two of the candidates or more get into quite a heated argument and you're sort of stood there in the background. I mean, has there ever been a moment where you've sort of had to step in and tell everyone to calm uh, down? Um, well, uh, I, I was fortunate um, uh, to a certain extent because I think that um, it was Karen who had the rather bad experience of uh, of the of the of the girls team mm. um, really really arguing bitterly arguing um, and I could never understand and I still don't really understand what they were arguing about I, I don't understand why they didn't realise that this was a task and the idea of a task is to get along even though you don't like people and in business you very often don't like people that you are having to work with but how they didn't kind of put their differences and I still don't know what the differences are aside and concentrate on the task win the task. Uh, and, and, and call it a day. But somehow or other, this year in particular, the, the girls' team um, and the girls just had these arguments or disagreements or yeah. personality clashes that seemed to carry through all the way to the end. Um, and um, and it's just, 
uh, it was astounding to me. Um, and, and I think that when, um, and this was just uh, something that I observed, is that when um, Alan Trigger mixed up the teams, so that you had boys and girls kind of together, men and women together, mm-hmm. I think somehow or other it worked better. And I think in the workplace, I think if you have um, a, a mix of characters and a mix of boys and girls, men and women, um, I think that tends to... Um, to work much better than if it's just male or just female, um, where some bitterness can creep in and some rivalry creeps in, um, and perhaps it, it makes them less productive than they should be. Yeah, but it is all the drama, all the laughs that do make The Apprentice the brilliant program it is. And um, sadly, we've run out of time, Claude, but it's been lovely talking to you. I could talk to you about The Apprentice all day. Um, <laughs> but, um, My pleasure as well. Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, as I said earlier, we're going to be having a little break from in reality, just a few weeks, but we will be back in the new year where we're going to have Dancing on Ice, Celebrity Big Brother and lots to talk about again. If you want to catch up on any of the episodes that you've missed so far, you can find them all on iTunes, Spotify and Audio Boom. But for now, thanks for listening. Bye.